0: This episode of the Series A podcast is brought to you by the Blockchain Founders Fund. The Blockchain Founders Fund is a global entrepreneurship and investment fund that focuses on adding value to emerging technology and blockchain projects with real-world applications. The Blockchain Founders Fund supports seasoned and first-time entrepreneurs across the key business function with a hands-on intensive go-to-market venture program. Our second sponsor is SGI Partners based in New York City. SGI Partners is a private investment firm that pursues compelling investment opportunities in middle market businesses. SGI has a flexible mandate to invest across the capital structure in control-oriented investments, ranging from strategic financing to buyouts, allowing us to implement innovative investment strategies that preserve invested capital and mitigate risk while driving growth and creating value. As an, inv- as an advisor to SGI partners, I help identify investment targets in my geographical area. Now on to this fantastic new episode. Mohammed Fulser is venture capital investor at Red- Redstone which is based in Berlin. Uh, Redstone is one of the la- leading venture capital firms in uh, Europe. Uh, Mohammed, welcome to Series A. How are you doing this morning? Very well, thank you for having me. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how did you end up as a venture capital uh, investor? Yeah.
1: Um, so, I started off a little bit different than most. I started off actually as an entrepreneur, a company based out of Kenya, a very traditional import and supply of bitumen and cement. Um, but after a little bit of doing that, I transitioned into uh, giving that over to the family and uh, became an engineer, uh, which was as a result of my education. So, I became a consultant to Airbus, GKN, and Boeing which then followed a degree uh, uh, in a master's degree program, leading me into venture capital initially in London, and then following that into uh, the venture scene here in uh, Germany and specifically Berlin.
0: Uh, So uh, before we move on to Berlin, uh, I would like to ask you about the venture capital uh, scene, back at home uh, in Kenya uh, yeah, how, no, how does that no, thanks for asking um, um,
1: in so first of all I start off on a larger platform so uh, Africa in general so most people now see an opportunity in uh, in Africa uh, specifically around because there's a younger population you know uh, opportunities are uh, are basically everywhere everything from resources both from a human capital and actually from a from a, just the traditional resource uh, it, it, there is a huge a huge market for africa right now and when we're talking about kenya kenya sort of uh, came to light because of a specific uh, a specific tool, if I would call it that way, a financial inclusion uh, tool called M-Pesa, which is as a result uh, of uh, which is a, pro- a product of uh, Safaricom and uh, higher up Vodafone. Um, and uh, this tool basically is a mobile mo- a mo- a mobile feature that enables anybody to be banked, essentially. And as a result of that, the fintech scene in Kenya just became explosive. And um, and now, just uh, transitioning out of that, uh, there is a large logistics uh, uh, element uh, uh, in in Kenya, healthcare, health tech uh, startups, you know, and it's really starting to boom. Um, And just, I I believe, even I I, I read uh, two days ago, I think it was yesterday as well, that Microsoft opened, uh, uh, not an office, but... um, um uh, if, if I'm not mistaken uh, they had opened uh, just give me two seconds was a uh, was a tech hub uh, in 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 Kenya um so as you can see uh, just from the description, Kenya has been growing and for me it's a it's a it's a passion of mine because I am Kenyan uh, but in general Africa, Nigeria you know uh, has been the dominant player, uh, with alongside South Africa Uh, you know Egypt is also included in there so there's many uh, many countries on the continent that are really really becoming the the you know the the next
0: spot for venture investment. Uh, Do you see yourself ever returning and starting a venture capital fund focusing on uh, the Africa or Kenya in specific? Yeah, that's a very interesting
1: question. Uh, personally, I I would love to open a uh, a venture a venture dedicated to the continent. Um, uh, you know, uh, I also am very passionate uh, about Kenya, so I I do see myself later on in life g- going back, uh, just because you know home is home is where the heart is, and for me that is uh, that is Kenya.
0: Let's move on to Berlin. Uh... Right. I know uh Redstone is like uh, uh, has several services around venture capital, both for corporate and for uh, startups. Uh, why don't you let us know a little bit uh, about uh, the organization and what it does in general and the funds? Yeah, absolutely so.
1: Um, Redstone at its core started off doing something called VC as a service. So what that fundamentally means is that we have large corporate clients for which we carry out venture activities for. So this is everything from sourcing, due diligence, portfolio management, and exit management on behalf of these large corporates. And to date, we have more than 70 plus different corporates, more uh, sort of focused on the on the European and Nordic areas, uh, but we also have uh, some global uh, glo- global corporates included in that. But um, we transitioned because of our success at that into having more dedicated sector funds. And here, this is the traditional GP LP s- structures. Uh, and at present, uh, we have more. We we have six different funds uh, ranging from fintech, uh, uh, prop tech, uh, health tech, uh, and, uh, and uh, deep tech sort of industrial tech and a venture debt fund, of course, and some regional funds. So we look to grow this, this, uh, this sort of venture portfolio um, as, as, the, as Redstone also grows.
0: And uh, do these large corporates act as limited partners for these funds? Uh, not, not, not the
1: case uh, always. So specifically on the corporate side, what happens is that they they have their own in uh, sort of interests, and if it does make sense to participate in a fund, then and only then will they participate. They don't. They're not mandated to participate in a sector fund. Uh, so it, it, they, it's it's not always the case where a corporate sort of client is an LP in the in the sector funds.
0: But the corporates usually invest in uh, startups in their own uh, sector, I would assume. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. So many of the corporates tend to have what is what you could associate as a core focus, but uh, most of them actually are looking to also expand out of that, sort of just, uh, you know, uh, in, if you put it into just uh, de-risking their the the portfolio if you if you put it that way
0: yeah uh so uh you uh in redstone you guys are uh running like five funds is that correct uh i would say six to be fair
1: um in sector specific funds uh, and then we have the corporate clients so yes
0: uh you you would be correct and what kind of aum do these funds have and in which countries do they mostly invest? Yeah, um, so uh, in terms of AUM in general,
1: I would say we are sub, just under uh, a billion in total. And then if we're looking at it uh, from uh, um, specific uh, funds, um, I would say that the the FinTech uh, PropTech Fund is a 70 million euro uh, 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 f- uh, fund size. Again, here I can't, I'm not exactly sure of the exact numbers, but I'm just giving the, 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 the numbers that are in my head. Uh, then I believe the BTG, which is the um, Venture Debt Fund, has a 75 million uh, u- uh, euro fund size. And um, uh, the HealthTech Fund is a 46 million euro fund size. Uh, and others that haven't been disclosed in total fund, total fund sizes, but um, I believe uh, uh, they are significant in that. Uh, and the last, I would say specifically to me, is uh, Future Industry Ventures, which has a target volume of 200 million. Uh,
0: so you are responsible for this?
1: Uh... I act as the investment manager on behalf of this fund, yes.
0: Okay. Uh, are you also involved in the fundraising for the fund yes that is correct uh, so are you uh, is it uh, are you raising currently or is it uh, is the fund closed
1: the fund isn't closed, uh, it's on, uh, on track uh, to mm-hmm. closings. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we're, very, we're very happy with, with the progress that we've made. And uh, from the market as well, we see quite a bit of interest and uh, momentum with regard to that. So I, I would, we, I, we haven't fully closed the fund, but we are on track to do that.
0: Uh, do, as investors, do you target uh, high networks or uh, institutionals or family offices?
1: Yeah, um, where it depends on the on the interest of the of the potential LP. To be honest, from also also from the interest of the fund itself, uh, it's always interesting to you know the structure for which you're you're looking to have internally. So uh, some of our funds do have high net worth individuals and family offices, and some actually just focus purely on uh, having uh, a, a core group of
0: uh corporates and do these corporates do do you need to ask them before you invest in a certif in a specific uh, startup or do they trust you to deploy their capital uh, anywhere you you feel so
1: <laughs> no that's an interesting one um uh, and the answer to that it's uh, no we, we 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 do have some uh, autonomy from that but what we like to do uh, absolutely is include uh, corporates in the in the in the decision making process, and of course, every fund has uh, has sort of uh, the benefits associated with participating as an as an LP, and uh, dependent on the on the LP and the and the nature of their commitment, um, they have certain benefits. Um, so, at the end of the day, uh, the answer to your question is yes, they. They, they are included in the process of uh, decision-making. However, we have the autonomy to not like always depend on a specific uh, 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 corporate, if that's
0: the, mm-hmm. put it that way. So 200 million, how much money do you usually deploy in a, a single startup? Yeah. And, and the, um, what uh, equity do you get for that? Oh, uh, that's a very
1: interesting one. Um, I would say for us right now, the sweet spot would be between two to 5 million, of course we can do follow ons so uh, essentially the 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 fund can do two to 10 million. Um, And what this translates to with regard to rounds uh, for us the fund is dedicated to the series A plus uh, stages. However, dependent on the valuations, uh, you know, uh, five million could take you so far versus two million in a in a in, in a valuation
0: that is uh, acceptable. I would say. So most of the startups that apply for funding at Redstone already have a good track record, revenues, profitability. Perhaps is this the, uh, more accurate profile of a. Tech I would applying. say, yeah, for specifically future industry ventures, that is
1: correct. They're more uh, post uh, s- sort of testing MVP POCs. They're more, you know, have a product, have deployed, are uh, have uh, initial revenues. I would say the uh, the sort of average revenue profiles that we see coming into future industry, industry ventures would be those about I would say in euros uh, 1.5 million to two, two two million I would say that's the average.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And however not- we do have other funds that are investing at an earlier stage uh, and so um, it's it's quite uh, it's quite varied, dependent on the fund.
0: How do you usually find the startups to invest in?
1: Yeah. Um, so at Redstone, we are, we are quite happy with a feature that we have, which is sort of an in-house uh, technology uh, tool that enables us to screen the market and get ahead of the curve with respect to uh, identifying potential startups. And um, I would say for us, this has been a a, a differentiator, specifically trying to get into or identifying early deals that would make sense for specific
0: funds. Uh, So you are using some kind of software to also identify the startups? That is correct.
1: So at Redstone, we have a data team and they worked on a very, a truly, truly amazing um, product. And this product is used by the investment team. And uh, yeah, it it helps uh, uh, many people uh, in the investment team identify uh, potentially interesting uh, startups relative to the vertical that they're looking at.
0: So for example, if uh, somebody from the audience is listening to our conversation and they would like to apply uh, for funding, would they be able to like send you Uh, a pitch deck and then if they if you see personally something interesting uh, how does the decision making process uh, work Uh, do you meet on monday morning and say i oh i found this very interesting startup that we might invest in how does this whole thing usually work yeah. Um. So, uh, so taking that in parts, if a
1: startup out there and in, in a member of the audience is listening to this and are interested uh, in any of our funds, they are more than welcome to uh, to to send in the pitch deck. We have contact details, uh, both from the home uh, from from the Redstone homepage pl- uh, or the specific uh, fund pages. So, by all means, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, In regard to how the process uh, works um, we have a team that actually also uh, reviews uh, uh, any any pitch decks uh, submitted i'm also a part of that, where I would uh, say that I I review several uh, a week, and um, if it doesn't make sense, um, we of course ask for for a call uh, and we have an initial uh, discussion. Um, And uh, if that goes positive. We then take it through, as you described, a, uh, almost like a Monday meeting where uh, interesting deals are presented and then made a decision on for which we, we would like to progress, which then follows the
0: specific uh, processes uh, for, for individual funds. And uh, what needs to stand out in a pitch deck or a presentation so that uh, it attracts your attention? Yeah. That's a that's a that's a very good question. Um, I would say
1: for me particularly is getting a, getting decks that are focused on the fund uh, that it's uh, in, that they're interested in. So um, it might sound like a trivial point, but actually we receive several decks that are not manufacturing industrial uh, based. And here I'm talking on behalf of Future Industry Ventures. We actually receive several that are. Like in the fintech space um, or health tech space, which are not relevant. So of course, you know it doesn't make sense for us to look at it further. But if I was looking at uh, the decks that do come in that are relevant to 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 the fund that uh, I manage, um, I would say the ones that stand out the most are those that have a, you know, a, a technical a technical edge that also includes sort of a sustainability angle. So our fund, looks to deploy capital into the sustainable future of manufacturing and industrial space right and if i have a deck that's basically telling me they're doing exactly that then my interest is peaked versus a deck that's telling me you know hey i'm changing the way uh people people are 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 being utilized in terms of human capital in a workforce without description of why does that make sense relative to the fund so you know is there a is there a sustainability angle you know what are the efficiencies if if there is no sort of uh, justification of why we should be interested i don't think uh, those those have made it quite far to be honest
0: and in terms of the financial of the company do they show uh, some good numbers for the next uh, for the projections 3 to 5 years is that important yes
1: and and this is also following from my initial point uh, uh, as a fund we are, we speci- we we highlight uh, that we invest on the series a plus and what is attributed to series a or assumed is that you know a company is post post uh, sort of r and d poc and by that they are making revenues. So we would hope to see that uh, a company in the series A stage or looking to bridge into the series A stage is commercially active. And by commercially active, a major- not, not their whole pipeline is not made up purely of poc's rather they have some recurring revenue and it, it's ir- for us it's irrespective of uh, hardware or software we're interested in both um and uh, i would say we 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 as a fund need to see that the company is on track to make uh, X, Y, whatever revenues that they that they project, and of course later on, once we dig into the data room, we can always ask and
0: understand
1: more about this.
0: So you gather all the information, the data, the numbers, the technology. Uh, you read the pitch decks, and yes. then it comes the time that you have to meet the the people, uh, CEO, CFO, etc do they need to be good presenters does this matter or is it all about the numbers what is the what are you looking at when you meet the people
1: that's a very uh, um curious question um um i would say you know there's different profiles for different people so if i met for example a ceo i would expect that he uh, if he's not a technical CEO, well, understands the technology. I'm not expecting them uh, to be the techni- technical head. They have a CTO for this, but they should be able to understand. But what I think is a little bit different than uh, that most what interests me the most is people who are money conscious, you know, companies are are, are actually very difficult to run. And if you and if you don't do it well, you burn, you burn cash very, very easily. And I think the most standout CEOs for me uh, and CFOs are those that are well, well, well equipped to manage their finances you know uh, and you know of course having the personality of resilience etc though that's always that's always great but a quality for me that i look for specifically in those individuals are people who understand that they need to manage their finances and they've been doing it quite quite well then i would say on the other side if we have sort of a cto i'm not expecting them to be an, a, a a numbers guy of course i'm expecting them to be you know extremely interested in the technology and knows everything that could be attributed to the technology and when asked about it in sort of a devil's advocate perspective they're able to defend it irrespective of of the question and then again now again a different profile it would be the you know CFO Uh, here again uh, because of the role you would assume that they know the 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 balance sheet the financials in and out you know every cell almost every every assumption they could say it uh, like in their sleep basically but um yeah and and generally at the end of the day you know it's a people business right um you want to be able to work with people that you enjoy working both from the startup and the and the vc actually Uh, you know it's not a one-way street it's a it's two ways it's they need to be comfortable enough to say, hey, we, we would love you to be part of the team. And we need to be comfortable enough to say, hey,
0: we would love to be part of your team. Of course. Uh, so what happens afterwards? Uh, you do due diligence, you you throw them a term sheet. Uh, how tough are you on the term sheet? And uh, what are the usual usually the things that go wrong in these negotiations, uh, which determine if you if redstone actually invests or doesn't invest in the startup um so i wouldn't
1: say we throw them a term sheet <laughs> i would say um from my from our perspective it depends on the role that we take so if we are a lead investor then we would uh sort of specify uh, and determine uh the round terms uh, dependent on what the previous round was. Um, so of course we see what happened there and we need to make sure it makes sense for us. Um and I think um from our perspective and what we look to do is we're always we're always startup conscious. You know, we we want our companies to be able to raise at a later stage. So we're always we're not. We're not exactly looking to take advantage. I don't think we ever look to take advantage of any of our portfolio companies when we did this. When we did the the deal, rather we are looking to ensure that we can grow the company into further on uh, stages. Um, and um, yeah, I, I guess uh, maybe a a pitfall that normally comes out of a negotiation, I would say, are those that are, you know, uh, stuck in the ways of no compromise. And the idea of a negotiation is compromise. You know, you you get something, you lose something. And if someone can't do that, then most times
0: uh, term sheets fail as a result of that. After the, the companies are onboarded, Uh, Do you monitor and uh, require some uh, feedback on, like, uh, once a month, or what happens? Uh, How do you monitor their uh, trajectory after that? Yeah, um,
1: again, this would also typically be specified in a a term sheet, uh, Aisha, and it's attributed to sort of the information rights. And um, in this respect, normally, uh, if we're looking at it just generally, startups will report to uh, the venture, the, the, the investors. And this typically comes in uh, uh, like a PowerPoint or PDF where they're highlighting the developments of the company over the period of which the last uh, reporting happened and this is everything covering everything from product development tech hiring uh, what the nature of the finances are looking at what the cash flow position is you know whether what needs are they looking for and in that respect also how the how the how the venture capitalists or and or other types of investors can help them better progress in their journey this is everything from you know helping them uh, operationally, you know how can they be better at certain financial elements or cutting costs, uh, and everything from uh, scaling as as well to you know uh, op- opening offices somewhere else. So it's it's quite a it's quite broad um, and uh, time wise, I would say it's very dependent on on what was agreed upon.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, do you help these CEOs find the capital for the next round, uh, or do you stick on as a follow-on investor? What happens to the to the ones that make it to the next round? Yeah,
1: no, that's uh, um, again um, uh, from the perspective of future industry ventures. I think we we like to be part of helping uh, the startup. Progress to the next stage because again we invest at the Series A with the potential for follow-on, right? And that means that we always want to ensure that our portfolio grows, um, and we do take an active role in trying to assist um, uh, the growth of, uh, of of that company through trying to find investors or or warm introductions. Um, uh, But of course, that's also relative to the next round. So if the next round had a lead investor that was very active and said, hey, we know the people that we want and we we want to uh, bring these people on board, then, you know, um, as a participant or mostly, most of the time uh, VCs would come in pro rata, um, they would just sit back and allow the lead
0: investor to do what it is that they feel is necessary what happens if a startup uh, doesn't uh, achieve their goals uh, or if they run out flat broke? Yeah, um, I would say, so let's start
1: off with the first part, achieving their goals. I, I think with regard to achieving their goals, with re- we you asked on the uh, how much information they give and the, and the time. In this process, we, we as the investors are always included in understanding the position of the company. So, you know, you have end of year goals and dependent on the time of the year, you're understanding where are you based on that. So in the case of financials, it's a budget. Why haven't you achieved a budget? How do we better help you achieve a budget, you know, or on a, on a product development side, what's happening? Do you need more people? Do you need to grow? You know, so it's quite a, it's quite an interactive process. Um, and so I would say uh, this, this part is always very, like very, very engaged. So the, 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 the investors typically are very aware of what's happening in the company in the worst case of what's if for example a company uh, god forbid uh, becomes bust here now it's dependent on the investors of you know what what is it that they can do to make that process as streamlined as possible without jeopardizing, you know, the, the, the company profile. If it's, uh, you know, is it selling of the assets? Is it the technology, you know, uh, going through the insolvency process, ETC. Um, so I would say that is a very different uh, beast versus taking care of,
0: uh, of general growth of the company. In terms of fundraising for the current fund or the next one, uh since redstone has a lot of uh, successes and track record uh is it safe to assume it is a walk in the park or is that not the case i wouldn't say yeah i think uh i think if if uh if uh,
1: any 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 of the members of the audience comes from a vc and uh, and uh, is part of the fundraising process i don't think any one of them would say it's a walk in a park it's uh, it's as equivalent to a startup raising raising capital as it is for a VC raising capital for their funds through LPs. Um, we are just in the opposite direction, where the LPs are our investors, and uh, you know the startups are uh, we are the startups investors. So it's uh, it it can be challenging, um, uh, but dependent on the interest of the of the potential LPs it typically can also be quite quite smooth and it's, it's, it's representative of uh, the relationship between a startup and an
0: investor so it's, it's almost equivalent. How does the VC scene uh, differ from uh, Lon- London to Berlin? Ooh. Um, I would
1: say, first of all, as a non-native German speaker, um, uh, Berlin has been very accommodating, um, so it's not as difficult to network uh, as, as the assumption would be. Um, I would say um, in London or just the UK in general, um, given that uh, for me it's a sort of home base, uh, it was a lot easier. Um, but I would say right now, uh, I think uh, I've uh, had a truly wonderful time in 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 Germany, and uh, I think um, the network created as a result of the time spent here has been, yeah, it's been worth it. Like I, I've made some truly great friends, and uh, yeah, I, I I'd say it's just an it's a it's an effort thing. It's uh, you know putting in the work, you know, reaching out, cold messaging. Uh, and you make, you make good friends along the way or you make good contacts. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's as challenging as, as uh, people assume it to be, given that English is quite a prominent uh, part of just daily business here in, here in Germany and pr- most of the world,
0: to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, have uh, one-on-one meetings uh, returned? Uh, I mean, due to the pandemic, or is it mostly... From uh, calls like this, I would say uh,
1: one-on-one meetings have returned. I would, um, I would say it's dependent on the city that you're in, um, because uh, I, I I probably wouldn't travel somewhere just to just to have a one-on-one with someone. <laughs> um, I would say um, if, for example, I was in a in a city because of a portfolio company. I do have contacts there and it would make sense to then reach out to the network and say, hey, who wants a coffee or something like that. And it's as and it's similar for my my contacts that come from somewhere else. And they've traveled either for holiday or, you know, just a portfolio company and they say, hey, why don't we just meet up? Um, So, yeah, uh, one to one meetings have returned, but it's very dependent on uh, where the individuals
0: are. So, uh, Mohammed, being an engineer yourself, uh, do you currently look at any cool new technologies in your, uh, in the sector that you invest, and in? if something that you could share with us? Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: I, I wouldn't say. Um. You know. I was an engineer a while ago. I still have the general competence of being an engineer, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert on specific fields, but what picks my interest the most um, just uh, reading and sort of understanding the, the market um, is uh, um, intralogistics. logistics. Um, I think uh, for me, that's a very interesting area. Um, I would also say, um, of course, you know, uh, just because of the resource shortage and uh, how important it is to the daily life of people, semiconductor industry, the chip, the chip industry is extremely, extremely interesting. Um, so, if I had to put it on two on tiers, I would say those two uh, for me right now, given my fund focus, are are prior one. Um, but just in general, as a as a individual, I think actually. Uh, you know farming is quite industry interesting and uh, this is outside of my uh, my fund this is just a, a personal interest uh agri-tech is quite 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 important i would also say another one for me as well is uh, w- uh, just uh, impact and here again it applies both to the fund and it, as me uh, because you know uh, i'm talking more on the sustainable development goals um here you know we 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 need to do something and uh i am very very interested in anything that helps uh better better the world for us um you know water scarcity uh, you know maintaining maintaining life you know uh, you, you, there's so many things around it that uh, personally if uh, i could talk a lot about that
0: mm-hmm. uh if if you could uh, narrow down to an advice for entrepreneurs pitching to uh, VC funds like uh, yours, uh, what uh, what are the most important things they should pay attention to? Yeah,
1: um, I would say again, the first one is and make sure that you're pitching to the right VC. You know, um, and then if if that's the case, um, the the most important thing for me is a genuine interest in building what it is you're building and here you know it's quite it's quite it's a quite generic statement but you know you want to be convinced by the by, by the startup that this is the thing that is going to change the world and if you don't have that conviction you wouldn't you wouldn't put in the money right it's uh, it's, it's it sounds it sounds arbitrary but it's very important Um, But then I would also say again, I come back to the the point of managing managing cash. You know, you can you can train yourself to be, you know, uh, uh, an empathetic person, you know, a resilient person. But one thing that is very difficult to maintain is being able to manage money well. And great founders for me are those that have managed money well. So I would say, um, you know, technology, people skills, all of that is important. But at the end of the day, as a startup, as a founder, being able
0: to keep your startup. Uh, Yes, you were saying about the money management. Yeah,
1: I I think just to close, I think uh, great founders are those that are able to maintain their startups and grow the startups and by doing this it is also attributed to being able to be like money conscious being able to manage your finances and i'd say those are on top of all the qualities of uh, of an individual this is one of those that i think make make or break a startup
0: yeah Uh, it's important to have cash left in the bank (laughs) yes yes absolutely mohammed i would uh, like to thank you for uh, coming to the podcast and uh, letting us know uh, what uh, redstone is doing and the interesting point of view of a of a venture capitalist like yourself
1: oh thank you for having me a great pleasure